0: History always has a tendency of repeating itself, and obviously this is true for many things, including fashion, movies, and of course, gaming. And when it comes to rebooting video game franchises, I think the reasoning is fairly simple. There is much less risk involved, and usually, rebooting a series means that the franchise was once beloved, but has since fallen from grace. One of the biggest trends in gaming is rebooting franchises, sometimes... The world evolves and certain games just get left behind and great examples of this include Tomb Raider which saw a fantastic reboot in 2013 by Crystal Dynamics that not only spawned two very good sequels but also rebooted the cinematic universe that essentially died with Angelina Jolie back in 2003. The point was that the crystal dynamic reboot changed the portrayal of lara croft from something much more than a curvaceous protagonist into a strong and smart independent woman who still ventures across the world in search of relics for preservation and always finds herself in the middle of world altering tombs another game that comes to mind is god of war from 2018 which evolved kratos from a single note character into a father who has seen the air of his ways and is trying to put that life behind him and teach his son a better way of life. God of War in 2018 was easily the biggest game of the series, both commercially and critically, and in just the first year, God of War 2018 had sold over 10 million copies, and with PS5 upgrades and more people purchasing a PS4 since 2019, that number is much likely closer to 20 million. The final one that comes to mind is when Capcom rebooted the Resident Evil franchise with Resident Evil 7 Biohazard in 2017. Despite commercial success of the series up until that point even with entries like 5 and 6, Capcom was obviously aware of the critical success of these titles as they were on the downslope. Resident Evil 7 tried to take the series back to its survival horror roots from the likes of 1 and 2 by placing you mostly inside one location with the plantation house which was similar to the mansion from 1 or the RCPD station from 2. The reboot worked as Resident Evil 7 and the games that have followed have not only sold extremely well but have also been very highly rated from fans and critics. Games are very expensive to make with modern titles like Cyberpunk 2077 apparently costing somewhere in the range of over $300 million to develop when you include marketing cost as well to get people informed and excited about your title. Rebooting eliminates some of this risk and some of this cost as people are already a little familiar with the series and usually you have some core ideas to build around which could also save some development time. The recent remaster of Quake that was available for free if you already own the game on Steam or available on Game Pass in celebration of QuakeCon 2021 got me thinking about if bringing the series into the modern era would work. With rebooting games being more popular than ever, does it make sense to reboot the Quake series that started in 1996 and revolutionized the first-person shooter genre with 3D? This week on the Video Games Podcast. Oh, Doom, despite not starting the first-person shooter genre, is kind of known as the Godfather due to how it took the mainstream by Storm in 1993, building on what made Wolfenstein 3D as popular as it was. The massive success of Doom was followed up with a sequel in 1994 with ports and expansions on just about every system that was possible including the family-friendly Nintendo 64 in 1997. Even Nintendo couldn't ignore the success of the violent and gory shooter. And after Doom 2, the series kind of went into development hell with constant rumors and speculation about when the sequel to Doom 2 would be released. Ten years later, in 2004, Doom 3 was finally released with a slightly different tone. In the process of trying to evolve Doom, id Software moved the series away from its signature fast-paced shooting and transformed it into more of a survival horror shooter with a flashlight. Doom 3 rebooted the series with cutting-edge technology and visuals and despite the commercial success of selling over 3.5 million copies, which is great for 2004 and even is still great today, It was a far cry from the estimated 20 million copies that Doom sold in 1993. Doom 3 was divisive among fans who felt that the series was unrecognizable from what they had grown up with and considering that being released 10 years after the original, it was likely that a lot of the original fans had moved on and grown up. First person shooters had also deeply evolved with games like Half-Life being released in 1998 that massively revolutionized the first person shooter genre. Everything that is old is new again, and Doom went into hibernation until 2016 when id Software once again rebooted the series to what the original was known for in the first place. Doom 2016 took the core tenets of what made the series excellent, with loud, fast-paced, demon-slaying being front and center. Doom 2016 modernized the series featuring glory kills, amazing visuals, and excellent metal score composed by Mick Gordon, and the blistering speed that once again needed to make a return to the genre, as every other first-person shooter at the time was plot-heavy and quite slow. Doom 2016 took a look at the gaming landscape and focused on its strengths. Not all reboots follow the same formula of circling back to the original and redoing what worked in the first place. An attempt to reboot Wolfenstein was actually made multiple times since its mainstream success with Wolfenstein 3D in 1992 by id Software. Technically, what most people know is the original Wolfenstein 3D was actually the third game in the series, with the first two being developed in 1981 and 1984 by Muse Software. However, the two titles from the 1980s are largely unknown to about 99.99% of the people, so when discussing the reboots of the series, we are going from the 1992 FPS as the first entry, and the first attempt at a reboot came in 2001 with Return to Castle Wolfenstein from Matter Interactive, and once again, the series tried to be rebooting itself in 2009 with Wolfenstein from Raven Software, and both of these entries were very bland WW2 shooters that weren't trying anything new, felt uninspired, and as a result, just didn't resonate with fans. Then in 2014, Machine Games developed and released Wolfenstein: The New Order to mostly critical acclaim and moderate success, but more importantly, it developed somewhat of a cult following and the reason that Wolfenstein The New Order was finally able to truly get the series back off the ground for the first time in 22 years was because it made smart choices and it really felt like Machine Games understood and cared about the franchise. The main changes that Machine Games made to the formula was that The New Order made you care. There is the story that was interesting and had weight with an alternate timeline to World War II with the Axis dropping a nuclear bomb on Manhattan, but more importantly, Machine Games made BJ Blazkowicz a character worth caring about. The reason that Wolfenstein The New Order succeeded on many different levels was because it did something that the series had never attempted before in its storied history. Machine Games was interested in creating a fresh storyline and developing a character worth building a game around. For the first time, BJ Blazkowicz was more than just a one-note character, or even in the original 1992 game, a one-dimensional photo. The reboot of both Wolfenstein The New Order and Doom 2016 were published by Bethesda and helped position these respective franchises successfully with sequels in both that have done extremely well commercially and critically. If you look at the history of some of the most successful reboots over the past decade or so then you will see one of usually two things Microsoft or Bethesda being attached to the titles Bethesda has published reboots with Prey, Doom, Wolfenstein and Microsoft has done so with Battletoads, Killer Instinct and the upcoming Perfect Dark and considering that both of these developers are now operating under the same roof it would be safe to expect more reboots. A Quake reboot has three strengths already working for it. First, it's an id property, which is now currently owned by Microsoft, and we have seen their adoration for reboots. Second, 25 years later, the Quake series still has a very active community and an annual recurring interest from QuakeCon. And third, the story was never really a main pillar of the series, which means that there is carte blanche for the reboot. Story and continuity was never what Quake was built around. And when speaking to Noclip, Tim Willits, one of the main designers of Quake alongside John Romero and John Carmack, said that the Quake franchise has always suffered from an identity crisis and they were not planning on calling the sequel Quake 2. We had something amazing with Quake, but the story was kind of all over the place. This is actually a strength for the reboot because this means that the opportunity to take the franchise in a number of directions is a viable possibility and that the chances of alienating long-term fans of the series is quite low. This is because each person who loves Quake likely loves the series for a different reason, including the Lovecraft design of the original or possibly the arena speed combat of Quake 3 Arena. Tim Willits said that Doom was insanely influential, but if you look at what Quake did, it was actually the most influential game that id Software has ever made. From the true 3D engine, the client-server architecture, the explosion of mods, competitive gaming, it really influenced so much of what we play today. And despite the fact that Quake will never revolutionize gaming like it once did, there is still plenty of opportunity to revive the franchise in a meaningful way and bring the series into the modern era. Rebooting Quake is still a very risky proposition, but one that carries much less risk than starting a brand new IP from scratch. Quake has always been a series that evolved from single player first person shooter to arena shooter to free to play, which means that this series doesn't have an identity tied to a specific genre. Nowadays, the first-person shooter and online multiplayer genres are more cutthroat than ever, with great games failing for many different reasons, including Titanfall 2 that focused on single-player and Evolve that had a focus on asymmetrical combat. Over the years, we have seen numerous reboot attempts fail that should have succeeded based on earlier franchise popularity. There's been Turok from 2008 and Perfect Dark Zero that launched alongside the Xbox 360 that were both attempts to reboot beloved N64 titles. There's also been Thief from 2014 trying to reboot a 1998 PC classic, or even more recently with EA trying to reboot NBA Live multiple times in 2014 and 2018. Even though Quake Champions kept the series going in 2017 with another entry in the online arena genre with cult success, there is room for this series to go mainstream with a full reboot of story and characters, just like Wolfenstein The New Order from Machine Games and Doom 2016 from id. The fact that Machine Games created some new content for the Quake remaster, it wouldn't be shocking to see Microsoft reboot Quake during the Xbox Series generation. That's all for the video games podcast this week. I hope you enjoyed the show. And if you did, please consider subscribing if you haven't already. And as always, remember to be nice to your fellow gamer, but more importantly, be nice to your fellow human.